Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody master their credit score so they can get the extra credit that you guys deserve. Richard, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself, Anselmo? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, we owe our listeners this episode. Um, we've been talking about this episode for a while. This episode, guys, is going to be all about student loans and what we know about student loans. And we've kind of procrastinated the episode a little bit because in reality, student loans are a very complex subject, like extremely complex. And we didn't feel that we would um, do it justice, you know, and so we figured, all right, we're going to take some time and research the topic and really learn about it before we bring an episode to our listeners. But then we realized this is too much. And so it's actually going to be a multiple part episode or a multiple part subject that's going to go over several episodes because it is so deep, so many layers and so complex that that's the only way that I feel that we can actually get uh, meaningful information to everybody um, in snippets, right? Digestible 30 minute content um, and this student loan stuff is extremely complicated. So first and foremost, um, do student loans, Richard, do they go... Are, do they report on a credit report? Of course. And how do they affect the credit score? Well, several ways, um, just like any other loan. Uh, by the way, student loans are known as installment loans. Okay, so th for those of you that know that don't know, um, it's a type of loan that you have a fixed monthly payment on. And uh, just like anything else on the credit report, once it's on the credit report, it's going to affect your overall history, uh, both in terms of whether you're making payments on that student loan on time or not, and what the overall debt package is. Yeah, I mean, so they, they really are just like any other kind of debt, mm -hmm. right? Um, whether so, so it's like if you pay it on time, it can help you. If mm -hmm. you don't pay it on time, it'll it'll hurt you. Just right? like anything else. Now, where I think it gets kind of confusing is all the different types of loans that exist. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is where we really get hung up on because the credit report... It doesn't say whether it's a private or or a federal student loan, whether right? Whether it's a Stafford and, loan or you know whatever. There's there's there a are, there's a ton of them. Oh, right? there's a ton of them. And and so the, and then they all have different rules that apply to them. So the credit report doesn't actually tell us this. You know, this one is a, a Stafford loan or a direct loan or a subsidized loan or an unsubsidized loan. And so really, when it comes down to it. The credit report is going to report federal student loans and private student loans pretty much the same way, except that there's a big difference on the statute of limitations that apply. Yes, so sir. this is a, a big one um, for, for our consumers that we need to understand when looking at a credit report. Because most people, especially if you're an extra credit show listener, you understand that negative items can credit report for seven years. But student loans tend to be different, right? Yes. So what's the rule on student loans that we understand? So from my, from my understanding, student loans don't go away, period. They can report indefinitely. Right, until um, they're repaid. Mm -hmm. And so and the difference between that, now that's a federal student loan. That is a, correct. A private student loan this is still governed under the regular seven-year rule. Se seven-year statute of limitations, that is correct. And, you know, on a technical standpoint, what comes into that is the Higher Education Act is what actually governs federal student loans and the credit reporting aspect and the Fair Credit Reporting Act governs private student loans. And that's why it's the difference between being reportable indefinitely and um, only being reported for seven years. Well, I mean, it makes sense. A private student loan is no different than a personal loan, really. Um, you know, 
personal loans go away. It's it's dischargeable under bankruptcy. It's, you know, you can do all the normal stuff to a private student loan that you can with any other type of credit account. Now, one important distinction that we want to make is if you pay a student loan late, a federal student loan late, if you get a late payment, does that late payment stay on forever or does it still report for the seven years? No. Well, I, I want to make a few clarifications uh, on this. No, if you make a 30-day late payment on a federal student loan, the federal the, the late payment will go away after seven years. But here's something that you know you listeners need to know, especially if you have student loans. You may have obtained one student loan. You know you get this big $30,000 federal student loan, but on the credit report, it actually reports as you know five, six thousand dollar student loans, uh, several student loans until you reach the thirty thousand. So if you ever make a 30-day late payment on your federal student loan, you get hit with four, five, six different late payments all at the same time. That's actually where the damage comes from most of the time. When we look at credit reports, we see several student loans. And it's really because um, in the, the higher education system, the student loans are given out on a disbursement by disbursement basis. So every yes. time, whether your, your college or school is on a quarterly or semester basis, every quarter or every semester, a new set of loan goes out mm -hmm. for whatever, for your tuition or whatever it is that you, you know, decided to get. And so with every quarter going by or every semester going by, you get a new set of loans. And those loans are all individual loans. And so on the credit report, you have, I mean, I've seen as much as like, 15 student loans, mm -hmm. right? Um, but sometimes it could just be three or four, three or four. And, and over time, right, and part of some of the future episodes are going to be um, student loan consolidation, right? So if you do have the 15 loans, we'll, we'll, we'll teach you or talk about bringing them all into one. Um, but in this particular episode, we really just want to focus on the credit reporting and credit scoring aspect of student loans. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, you know, so I kind of want to go over the, the main differences between student loans, um, you know, federal student loans, and then just regular debt, right? So we understand that federal student loans credit report for indefinitely, uh, as, long as, as long as it's repaid, but the negative aspects of it will still report for seven years. So you can technically be paying on a student loan for 20 years, which a lot of people do. But if you have a late payment, the late payment will actually go away on the seventh year. So you can have a negative account turn positive after seven years. Imagine that 20 years paying student loans. I mean, that's practically a mortgage. Yeah. And some student loans are the size of a mortgage. So or more. Uh, so definitely, um, you know, and, and it's 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 one of those things where they just don't go away. Right. Um, private debts you can file bankruptcy on and get a second chance on. But student loans, federal student loans, federal student loans are, you know, for the most part, not dischargeable under bankruptcy. Um, so you can file bankruptcy and everything will go away except the student loans. Right. Thank um, you, U.S. government. <laughs> and again, that's because they're governed under the Higher Education Act. Mm -hmm. There are some extremely rare circumstances where student loan debts get discharged under bankruptcy. Right. And we've never physically seen one, but a quick Google search, um, you know, will show that uh, some student loans can be discharged under bankruptcy um, if they can prove, and he, I quote, if it will impose an undue hardship on you and your dependents. And apparently the courts use different tests to evaluate whether the particular borrower has shown an undue hardship. So um, basically, 
it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Bas- you know what I mean? And, and we've seen uh, probably thousands of, of people and consumers file bankruptcies in the last 12 years. And I would say more than 50% of them had student loans and none of them were discharged. It wasn't even a thought. Mm-mm. You know, it was not even a, a, a let's try it. Um, so they very rarely get put into bankruptcy or discharged under bankruptcy. So you 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 have to figure out how to pay them. You know, and, and, and the sooner the better, because the interest rate on these student loans can be kind of high. Uh, they are, if I'm not mistaken, it's a it's a compound interest. It's not a simple interest, correct? Yeah, for sure. It has, has to be compound. Um, I don't know how they calculate the interest rate, but I, I think the most common number I've seen is 6%. 6%. Um, which is kind of high when you consider how secure these accounts are. I mean, they can't file bankruptcy on them. The government can garnish your wages at any time, and then they keep your your tax refund if you ever do get a tax refund. So let's talk about that a little bit. If you owe the government money, particularly on past due student loans, and this is important, past due student loans, um, and you are owed a tax refund, they will intercept it. That is correct. And they will keep it and apply it towards the balance of your student loans. I've seen it happen several times. It, yeah. it, it just... Uh, you know, and it doesn't stop um, there. You know, if you if you get a refund one year and it's not enough to pay off your student loan, they'll take next year's refund too, and next year's until they pay it off, or you come to some sort of agreement with them. Some some of the repayment plans that I've seen consumers do is like, yeah, they take my taxes every year, and I'm just going to keep letting them do it until they're all paid back, and they literally take it for like four to five years, mm-hmm. you know, until they're all paid back, which is not the best repayment plan. <laughs> But um, I guess it works. Huh? I, you know, I guess it's, <laughs> five years could be better than 20. Um, now, but on the flip side, if you are paying your student loans on time, they can actually give you good credit. And one of the common questions that I receive is, well, my student loans are in forbearance right now or they're in deferment. And while they're in deferment or in forbearance, uh, which is just basically you're not paying them now, you're going to pay them later. It's like a pause. Mm-hmm. Um, do they affect your credit score mm-hmm. positively or negatively? Well, it can be both. Now, on paper, it's supposed to affect your score positively because you're still growing a history. And in the end, the the longer your positive history is, you know, the better that aspect of your credit score will be rated. However, in practice, what I generally see happen is that when people tend to apply for forbearance or deferment, well, that process isn't quick. That process sometimes takes a few months to complete. And during that time, you're not making any payments, yet the, the student loan department, Department of Education or Navy and Sally May, whatever it may be, they tend to put those 30, 60, 90 days late on your credit report. So a lot of people who defer their student loans tend to get uh, late payments on their credit report. Uh, and it happens all the time. That's probably the biggest um piece of advice that we give our clients, I think, during the consultation. It's, it's, it's weird because federal student loans, they don't report 30 or 60 day late. They mm-hmm. go straight to a 90. That is that is so, correct. So it's kind of weird because a consumer will be in a forbearance and they're in forbearance you know, until, say, next December. And then January rolls around and they completely forget about it. The, their student loan servicer, whether it be Navient or Sally May, you know, they do a very poor job at trying to contact the consumer and saying, hey, you're out of deferment. You need to do something, whether it's start making payments or put it back in deferment. Mm-hmm. And so January rolls around. They're technically 30 days late, but it doesn't hit the report. Mm-hmm. And we don't find out about it or the client doesn't find out about it until, say, April mm-hmm. when they've reported a 90 day late. Like, like they, they literally only report 90s. And now a 90 day late completely tanks the score. Like, 
if a 30 day late hurts the score, a 90 day late completely tanks it. So it's very, very bad. And then it's got that multiple effect that you uh -huh. were talking about earlier. Exactly. Where it, it kills the report five times because you have five different loans. And now you went from a 800 to a 400 in a matter of minutes, basically. Like it's, it's crazy the upfront damage that it can do. So. And, and that's it. You, you have to understand, okay, if I'm in deferment, I'm in deferment until this date, and I better have a plan to do something about it when that date gets here. Um, and you know, I mean, maybe it's because of the industry that we're in, but when we see this, most of the time the student loans are in deferment or they're just long past due. Like, yeah, I have student loans and they've been in collections for a very long time and I just don't, I don't even know where to start. You know, like they don't even know who they owe, how much they owe, how many loans they have. And I think that that is probably the biggest indicator that the consumer may be burying their head in the sand and just thinking that the student loans will go away. Ironically, people that are in that situation actually have a better credit score than people who who have um, are current with their student loans, per se, that they just forgot to defer it and got those recent 90 day late payments because once an account gets charged off from the student loan department, you no longer accrue late payments. True. And that's probably already happened years ago. So that damage is, you know, ancient history. Uh, yes, collections are also affecting your credit report, but not as much as five 90 day late payments would. Yeah. So it's like a, it's basically like a collection and it's dated to three years ago and exactly. it's not hurting you as much as a 90 day late right now. Exactly. Very good point. Very good point. Um, but when it comes to figuring out, all right, so what am I going to do or how do I do this? Like, how do I even begin to fix my student loans? Well, it, it's kind of difficult, um, but normally uh, what we've learned is that there's actually a database a national student loan database right and this database basically keeps record of all the federal student loans that you owe only federal so if you have private loans they're not going to be in this database no. but if you've gone a while and you have no idea how many loans you have or how much you owe or who they're with because sometimes it could be with several different servicers you would start at the National Student Loan Database, um, and that's actually www.nslds.ed.gov, National Student Loan Data System. So there you can find out exactly who you owe and be able to connect with them and basically square up. You know, you you'd, you'd call them and say, hey, I know that you're never going to go away unless I die, so here I am and I'm, I'm ready to figure this out. Um, and there's actually a lot of really great programs to bring the student loans back into current status and actually ha have them help your credit score instead of continuing to hurt you. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and then it really comes into the forefront because you can't actually buy a house under FHA guidelines or using the FHA program if you owe student loan money. Well, let's clarify that. Um, you can if you're making payments. Right. It, it, correct. Good. Good. Good point. You okay. can't buy. You can't use FHA financing if you are in collections with student loans. Correct. If you if you're making payments to them, yes, you can. But um, again, you know, you you want to start taking care of these loans, and, and not only for the credit purposes or even the ability to purchase a house, but 
just simple DTI, debt to income ratios, will be thrown completely off if you know you're not making a fixed monthly payment. Not just that, but they continue to accrue interest. So yeah, as exactly. long as they're past due, I mean, they just keep growing. So you know, the, the giant pile of money that you owe is just growing and growing. And if you're not chipping away at it, it's just interest upon interest. And so that's that's kind of where where we always say, okay, let's just kind of get a good inventory of who you owe. Let's just get figure out who you owe. And these are the feds, right? And then if you want to figure out who you owe on the private side, generally a good place to start for that is just look at your credit report. Exactly. Anybody that's not on, on the National Student Loan Database but is on the credit report are likely to be private loans. And as a matter of fact, I often just tell my clients, just straight up ask them, is this a federal loan or a private loan? Mm-hmm. Right. So we can have a very good inventory of what's going on, who we owe, and then make a plan. Some of these federal student loan repayment plans are, are fantastic. Um, you know, and I think that that's where we're going to spend a lot of time on some of our future episodes, but they have income driven repayment plans where they, you know, based on your income, they'll calculate a payment that you can afford. I've seen something as little as $5 a month indefinitely. Yeah. And, and so, so there's that. Um, and so there's, there's other repayment plans. These are my favorite where we call them loan rehabilitation where you've been, um, in, in a past due status for such a long time but they'll rehab the loan. And this is really cool because after nine months of on-time payments, they will basically give you a new loan on the report and they mm. will remove all the bad reporting from the previous loans. So it's a really, I mean, if you're on a fixture credit role or you're on a fixture credit plan trying to improve your score and your student loans are past due, the loan rehabilitation is the best way to do it. I remember back in uh, 2010 and 2011, they were really huge. A lot of my consumers had to go that route um, uh, because you know they stopped paying on them f- throughout the, the tanking mortgage years. Right. And, and so I, I do remember seeing a lot of those. I don't see them as much anymore, but that program's still available. It is a great, great yeah, program. It, it's it's the one that's our go-to program for yes. trying to help consumers improve their score when it comes to student loans because it, it's the only way to legitimately remove the negative items from the student loans on the report. But it's got an interesting caveat. It can only be done once for the life of the loan. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, I learned this because I tried to do it with a client and they had already done it. <laughs> so they couldn't do it again. And I didn't know that you can do it only one time for the life of the loan. Well, I mean, it makes sense, you know. First time, shame on you, or shame on me. Second time, shame on me, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's actually, uh, that was news to me when it happened, and it was actually a, a big um, problem because now we have to deal with the negative reporting uh, for seven years. So in this case, even though it's a federal student loan, the loan kind of gets rehabilitated. They start making payments again but the negative information will still stay on for the seven years and the positive information that you still owe the money will stay on until the loan is repaid. So that's a very important distinction when we say these stay on indefinitely. The negative part of it will only report for seven years if you're on time. But if you continue to stay negative, then it'll always report negative or, or, you know, delinquent. Um, So that's that part of the student loans. Now, you know, most people have fantastic credit scores and they still have, have student loans because they technically you know, they can have a positive effect on the credit score. It's still part of that 35% of your payment history, right? Yeah. So if you're making your payments on time, the same the same way, if you have five student loans and they're all being paid on time, it's like having five Different. loans that you're paying on time, right? So it can have that positive effect as well because it's still correct. 35% of your payment history um, is based on how you're paying those loans back. And if you have a lot of loans and you're paying them all on time, 
you're getting all those points, right? Exactly. So plus student loans tend to go for a long time. So most student loans are really old, right? Like let's just say you went to school in two thousand from two thousand four to two thousand eight, right? And you got loans from back then. Well, right now in two thousand eighteen, you'll have ten to fourteen year old accounts on your credit report reporting active and in good standing, and that long history actually helps your score, right? That is correct. So so there's a lot of I guess there's a I guess there's some upside there. <laughs> for having student loans, but it's just, they're, they can be very dangerous and they can be very good. You just gotta, it's just part of the game. Like anything with credit, you have to understand it in order to play it correctly. You know, if you really wanted to get rid of your student loans, you could just work for the for the public service sector and then after 10 years have your loans forgiven. <laughs> yeah, that's actually um, one of the only student loan forgiveness programs that we understand to be legit. Um, and, and that is, I mean, like three years ago, we were just bombarded with advertisements like, like oh, the Obama forgiveness loan programs. And we never found any credibility to that at all, except for the public service component that you can discharge federal student loans. Um, after 10 years. After 10 years. And and so let's talk a little bit about that. I, w I did actually do a little bit of research on that. Um, let me see if I can get to that page. Um, so if you have direct federal direct loans, um, you may be eligible for public service loan forgiveness. And I guess the criteria for that is if you make 10 years of qualified monthly payments while serving in the military or employed at a government or nonprofit entity, you may be able to get the balance of your loans forgiven mm -hmm. after making payments for 10 years, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Uh, so this could be for like military service members, teachers, um, or anybody else in, in a qualified nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. um, that's not a bad deal. No, it's not. Especially, you know, if you're if you want to get your doctors to become some sort of professor or whatnot, you know, your student loans are gonna be in the six figures. Yeah. And so, you know, sure, you make payments on them for ten years, but after that, everything else gets forgiven. It's actually a fantastic deal, in my opinion. Yeah. But they can't. They're not forgiven on an income basis, right? No. So you, just because you are not making money, that's not grounds for, for forgiveness. And I think that's where the confusion comes from. And that's where a lot of consumers who have student loans, they, and I say this, like they unfortunately went to a private school, right? So let's just say they went to like a University of Phoenix or um, uh, DeVry University, mm. um, and they ended up with 80 grand in student loans for a bachelor's, right? That's just outrageous in my opinion. Like, well, you know, that's the problem with that part of the higher education system. Um, but so you're there and now you're not making any money because your degree is not as credible. You know, that's a touchy subject, but regardless, it it's there. Okay, you can't get your student loans forgiven just because of that. No. You know, you, um, so I have seen student loans forgiven where the school was found to not be legit. And then, you know, they forgave student like loans. Like Corinthians or whatever? Um, I don't remember the name. Cormanther? I don't know. Something There's been like a that. few where they sh they've shut down the schools. And I think it was actually, which one was it? Uh, was it ITT Technical Institute? Am I making that up? Um, there were, it was a big one. They were around for a while. Well, I know I know that there was a cooking yeah, school. Yeah, that's what it was. It was ITT Technical Institute. They closed. Um, and a lot of those student loans were forgiven. Not all of them, but a lot of them were. And they closed back in 2016. Yeah, I did not make that up. Um, so... 
that was a that, and you know that was one of those private schools that was getting public funds uh, for tuition and it was just um, it was tough and they were actually going after a lot of the veterans and that's where it just kind of all blew up in their face. Um, then then actually there's another way to get student loans canceled, and that's if you die. Well, <laughs> so they won't go after your family members if you still owe student loans. I, I guess once you die, you really don't care, do you? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, wouldn't it be something if they're actually able to go after family members? Oh no, that that would that would create uh, an upheaval, uprising, or something. That there's, that's just outrageous. And then there's one more: if uh, you have a serious disability, then your, the loans can also be discharged. Um, so those are not automatic. You have to apply for it and you have to you know, go through a mountain of paperwork. But if you have a very serious disability where I guess you're 100% disabled and unable to work, they will discharge the student loans. Now, not only, these are only federal. You know, private loans have their own set of rules. And that's what makes this topic so complex is that if you, most people get a mixture of federal and private loans to make it through school. But again, as we've discussed earlier, if it's a private loan, you know, and things really are going south for you, that those are dischargeable under bankruptcy. Or you and, can wait out to seven years. Or you can wait out to seven years, uh, assuming they haven't sued you for it. And, uh, and you know, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. So, I mean, do worry about it, though, because you got to understand it. You know, you, you have to, like, inventory who's private, who's federal. I right? mean, like... If if it, if you knew it was private and you waited out the seven years, don't worry about the debt. Anymore. Right, and so, but um, it's it's just it's such a complex su subject, you know. And we want to keep it on the credit reporting side of it. So, if you have student loans right now and you're paying them on time, it's giving you a good credit. If you have student loans right now and you're not paying them on time, you will not have good credit until you fix it. Yes, right. And beginning to fix it is part of under uh, inventorying who you owe and how much you owe. And I've seen income repayment plans, like you said, as low as five bucks and some, you know, and, they, and it's basically a percentage of your income. They do a budget analysis and they say, this is what we think you can afford. Mm -hmm. um, now, five bucks a month is not gonna put a big dent on your student loans, but yeah. they will keep them current for credit reporting purposes. So you exactly. will be able to function as a credit consumer. Um, so you'll be able to buy a house, buy a car, have good credit, and not be plagued by these student loans that never go away. Those are the, I'm a wait until I die plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I've seen too is I've seen student loans pop back up like after 20 years. You know what I I have recently seen that occur more more than I used to. Um, that is a like out of nowhere they're like, hey, remember this student loan from 1999? Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones I've seen are actually private. I, I, I know that uh, I'm sure it happens a lot with federal uh, loans. Those are probably the ones where they actually inventory those loans since they can come after you. But I've seen it happen in the private sector. What about you? You know, that's interesting. I've, I have seen only federal. Um, but in the private sector, I mean, technically after seven years, the debt doesn't, you don't not owe the debt anymore. After seven years, they just can't credit report it. But they can still call you and send you letters, which is applicable to any debt, not just student loan debts. Um, but I, in the in the federal side, I just kind of want, you know, like the only way that this would go for 20 years without you knowing about it is if you're like a self-employed individual where they can't garnish your wages um, and you don't get any tax refunds. So you actually pay taxes. So they never have the ability to intercept any funds, 
you're always paying taxes and you don't have wages to garnish because you're self-employed, they basically will never be able to get you. Um, but if well, one day you want to do something... They can find a bank account, they can levy it. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't so? think student loans can levy bank accounts. I've never... That's not a thing that I've ever run across. Mm. Here, let me do a quick search. Student loans, bank levy. Um... In the case of federal student loans, it's important to realize the government does not need a court order to garnish your wages. So we know that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's actually, we haven't, did we mention that? Um, no, we have not. They will just take your money. They don't, they don't need to take you to court. As opposed to regular debt. Uh, yes, a, a private student loan, if they want to sue you and t or garnish your wages, they have to sue you first. They have to take you to court, whereas the federal government will just do it because they can. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've really, I mean, I've seen that a lot. Mm -hmm. Happens student, all the time. Or your wages being garnished for student loans. I've seen that a lot. I've just never seen a bank levy for student loans. So I'm doing a quick search now. Um, Here we are, working hard for you to keep you yeah. informed. And um, I guess I guess they can. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks like they can. Like it says that federal agencies have the ability to do bank levy. Um, and so that means that they can go after your bank without a uh, judgment like they just can go do it um it's not something that you see every day in fact it very very rarely happens but if if the debt is so exaggerated and you know you have not paid in 20 years it does happen well they also have to know where you bank which is interesting how they sometimes don't know where you bank um so creditors find out where where you bank by looking at your credit report um, but student loan companies don't function that way. And you know what's been something that's new is private collection agencies contracted by the government to collect student loans. That's actually been a, a fairly new development. So consumers being contacted by ABC Collections on a student loan. Mm -hmm. And they handle the whole re rehab. If they're going to do loan rehab, they'll handle the whole application process. If they're going to, And that's where a settlement is even in place. So have you ever settled a student loan? I can't remember if I ever have. I, I want to say no off the top of my head. I have. I've, I've settled federal student loans. And um, they're very difficult to do. Um, but most of the time, they are. It, it's, a, it's a possibility. And the one that I did was a $4,000 loan. We settled it for like $2,500. Um, but it's rare that a student loan is $4,000, right? Mo you know, most loans are tens of thousands. And to settle that for half is mm. kind of unreachable most of the time. Um, so, hmm, so it's kind of like the uh, like owing back taxes. They'll do an offer and compromise after a while. But it's not the same process though, because an offer and compromise is very paperwork intensive, and mm -hmm. the, we didn't do any paperwork. We just negotiated and and, and settled. Um, and it was with a private student loan company or a private debt collector, and and it's literally like contracting with the government. The debt collector has to do. They go through a bidding process, and a lot of debt collection agencies bid on it, and then they they award the contract to somebody. That makes we had a we had an agency here in town, a debt collector here in town. Remember ACT? I remember. I don't even ACT. know if they're here anymore. They, what about ACS? I don't. Maybe them too. Maybe I'm confusing them. But no, it was no, they actually, AC something. They both did it. ACT and ACS were both student loan uh, debt servicers. collectors. Yes, and they were private. They were private companies contracted with the government to collect government funds, and they were here in town. And so, uh, a lot of their collectors were our clients <laughs> remember that i well, do I remember that them, um and there was a big they were a big company they had a lot of collectors at least like 40. i think it's a little amusing when um you know people who 
strictly collect on student loan debts, think they know everything about collections until they come and talk to you. And then it's a whole different, whole different ball game. Like, like we, I mean, one of the reasons why with this, this episode has been so long in the making is because we don't know a whole lot about student loans. First of all, we don't have student loans ourselves, so we never really had to deal with it. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like the intricacies of it, we just kind of have, have had to deal with them on a credit reporting standpoint. And to that, it's that just... It doesn't been, mean we have not gone to school. We just paid for it out of pocket. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we just haven't had to deal with it. Um, so uh, we dodged that bullet for sure. Um, but that's, I mean, we're going over 30 minutes now. and We've kind of barely scratched the surface. That's why this we, is a multiple episode topic. We, we should definitely save the rest for the next episode. Um, we're going to do some more research for you and talk about um, you know, student loans as a whole. That way you understand and can navigate through them and protect yourself or take care of yourself uh, when it comes to student loans and your credit. And if you are listening to this show and you don't have any student loans but are thinking about getting some, be very careful. <laughs> Try to get as little as possible. I think that's the biggest takeaway. I had a, a cousin of mine who was much younger than I and he barely started going to school and he started talking to me about student loans. And I said, you know, obviously um, education is important and just try to get as little as possible and try to, you know, p work your way through college as much as you can and get borrow as little as you can. You know, mm -hmm. I think those were some wise words. Guys, I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. This is The Extra Credit Show. We'll see you guys next time. Um, let's backtrack that again. Psych. Extra credit task of the week. Listen to the show and, pay, and stay tuned for next week's episode. No, actually, the extra credit task of the week should be if you have student loans, visit the National Student Loan Database website, nslds.ed.gov, and get an inventory of your student loans, private and federal, so you can f figure out a plan to repay back your loans. So Sounds great to me. Guys, see you guys later.